0: This is great to see so many people here. Um lovely to see you. Thank you so much for coming. Um Lydia this is fun isn't it? Yeah, it's great. Um so if you've come this morning not um realizing that we've got um a baptism that we're going to we're going to uh, enjoy together well that's happening. That's why we've got this pool here. Um and uh so we're going to do that in just a moment. If you've not, also not known that actually we're going to lay on lunch afterwards, then you are really welcome to stay. Um, we've got loads of food and uh, we love to eat together, spend time together. So um, please stay around afterwards and you can chat to each other, get to know people that you don't know. Um, that would be wonderful. Right, okay, I'm, I'm going to start off with a couple of jokes. Is that all right? Is jokes in church allowed? Yes? Okay, um, they're not very good. <laughs> Shall I put the disclaimer in now? Um, okay, a nun walks into a church with her clothes on the inside out and she looks at her friends and says, I know, it's a bad habit. <laughs> okay, uh, this is one of my son's jokes. Theo, this one's for you. Um, <laughs> which side of a chicken has the most feathers? the outside. <laughs> see, I want to talk about the difference between things that happen on the outside and things that happen on the inside. Do you get what I'm doing? So, um, this, see, this morning what we've got is this here. and we're, So, we're seeing something with our eyes and hearing something with our ears of what's going to happen. And um, if you've never been to a baptism before, um, then this might appear a little bit odd. Um, you've come, you know, a group of people in a building, that's fine, that's not too unusual, except we've got a pool of water, and we've got in a few not to um, uh, steal Lydia's thunder, but in a few minutes, Lydia is going to get up and she's going to share a little bit about how Jesus has changed her life, and, um, and then she's going to step fully clothed into here, and with the help of a couple of people, she's then going to fall backwards, and get submerged under the water, and then lifted back up again. And then we're all going to go mad, and clap, and applaud, and probably break out into song. And then after that, we will, um, she will go and get changed, get dried off, and then we'll have lunch together. So that's what's happening on the outside. But who knows, life is way more than what we can see with our eyes. Life is way more than that. There is internal transformation that takes place. And actually for for Lydia, if there hasn't been an internal transformation, if something on the inside hasn't gone on with her heart, then all this is reduced to is just being an external religious act, which is totally devoid of power. And so this is about what's going on on the inside. And... um, so, uh, you know, there's some external things. Um, sorry, no, no, no. There's some internal questions that are common to all humanity. At different times in our lives, these questions surface. And these questions are around identity. You see, they're things like we ask ourselves, do I have any significance? In other words, do I matter? Um, Or as the shampoo ad says, am I worth it? And and then that leads on to something else where we say, actually, do I belong anywhere? And then even deeper than that, there's a question of, am I loved? And you'll know at different points in life, this, this rises and falls in the heart of humanity. And so now we've got TV shows, talent shows, we have got um, reality TV shows where people are wanting to um, figure out, they're wanting to get some sense of affirmation of are they worth it, do they matter, are they significant and we've got social media influencers clamouring to get our attention to tell us that they've got something which is worth us hearing because they matter. And we have school reports and staff appraisals and assessments and stuff that is all designed to help us identify if we matter, if we've got anything. And the story of Jesus that we read about in scripture leads us to one conclusion, that he wants to speak over all of us that you matter. He wants to speak over us that you belong. He is speaking over us that you are loved. You are so loved. And um, you see, perhaps you already know that in terms of your family or your friends. Um, Maybe you know that you matter to them. Or maybe you're actually not sure if you're worth too much at all. So I'm going to say it again. You matter. You really, really matter. Um, the God of the Bible is introduced as the Creator, the Supreme Being, the one that's flung stars into space. Um, he's the one who exists outside of time. And yet, amazingly, this God speaks into our hearts as individuals, as the most loving Father. He's your most loving dad, the perfect dad. And he's speaking into you to speak of your significance, of how much you matter. Your story matters. Your past matters. Your future matters. You're significant. Um, Behind you on the wall is a big Bible verse. It is a big Bible verse on a big board and on a big canvas. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's really, really familiar, isn't it? But you know what? If everybody is loved, then everybody matters. And if everybody matters, you matter. You are loved. See, it's interesting, I just noticed this morning when I was reading my notes through, the bit where it says the world, that's kind of general, isn't it? But I love the way that there's then that word, whoever believes. That takes it from being general to being specific, to being personal to you, to each one of us. And um, so this is amazing, isn't it? Isn't this worth getting excited about? Yes, it is. And so, but why the pool of water? Why baptism? Why baptism? Okay, so back in Jesus' day, most people lived around water sources, around rivers, around the sea, and we frankly don't. Um, we live inland a little bit. I know we've got some rivers in Chelmsford, um, and Lydia, we, we undernawed about whether we go down to the River Chelmer, but we thought, no, let's, let's imagine we've got a slice of the River Jordan right here. It's a little bit cleaner there it's warmer Um, i've actually been in the river jordan and um and this is warmer and there's less fish in this one okay so um now back but as i said back in um in biblical times in the old testament um this because i was thinking where did john the baptist who's the guy that's like was doing the baptisms when jesus came along where did he get the idea from you just started baptizing people. Well, in the Old Testament, there was some things around ritual cleansing, around bathing, that was instituted into Levitical law, and so people would go and get bathed, cleansed, whatever after um, disease, illness, certain situations, that kind of stuff. And so John the Baptist is, uh, you know, this is John the Baptist, this wild miracle baby of a guy. You can read about him at the beginning of the Gospels, who's filled with the Holy Spirit before he's even born. Um, John the Baptist knew how to hear the voice of God. And so he he was baptizing people. The key difference is his message, the message, had changed. The message was different. And what he was saying was, as he was baptizing people, he was saying, Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. In other words, turn away from your selfish way of living, your me first way of doing life. Turn back to God because God is doing a brand new thing. He's doing a brand new thing on planet earth. Are you on board? And he was recruiting, he was going around challenging people to do this to get involved, to step into the fullness of what God had for them. And so that's the context where Jesus then turns up on the scene and he wades into this water. And of course, it's interesting, isn't it? Because Jesus, the first thing that Jesus is doing is he's saying, I'm endorsing this message. God is doing a brand new thing on the earth. The second thing that Jesus is doing is he's painting the most profound picture, which is that Jesus is the one who does the saving. You see, those questions, those doubts that I mentioned earlier on, are things that came about because we as humanity turned our back on God way back at the beginning. We lost sight of our identity And there was a problem that started back at the beginning, which is this little word called sin. And the result of that is insecurity. And we don't know who we are anymore. And we start living for ourselves and we start creating our own version of what life is supposed to look like. And so what Jesus is doing is coming into that reality... And painting us a new picture. Now, in those Old Testament days, you know, I mentioned about the the, the Levitical law and all that kind of stuff. There was this point where, so one of the things about the law was it was given for people who wanted to honor God with their lives, it was given to, to people who wanted to follow him. And so, dealing with this issue of, but I keep messing up, I've got all these shortcomings and this sin problem, the law was given so that actually what people could do was substitute their sin put their sin their guilt onto an animal and then the animal pays the price with its life for the sins of the people I know animal sacrifice Um, and um and so that was the context, and that was how people dealt with this stuff, and then they it. So, so you back at this point where Jesus comes along, there's this practice of um, so at one stage, so the priest would get given a goat that'd be presented to him, pure spotless goat. and this goat would have um, all of the sin of the nation, the high priest, would um, ceremonially would um, metaphorically put that sin onto the goat. And then that goat would be sent out into the wilderness. The priest would literally take it and then let it go and it would run off into the wilderness, never to be seen again. And um, and of course, now what we've got is Jesus coming to get baptised. But Jesus didn't have any sin to repent of. Like the pure spotless goat, <laughs> Jesus hasn't got any sin to repent of. And so... What Jesus is doing is almost a reverse. Jesus isn't coming to, to be cleansed of his sin. He's actually coming to illustrate that he's going to have the sin put on him. That the sin of the world is going to come upon him. That he is going to become our scapegoat is where we get that phrase from. And then what's really interesting is when you read this through, is straight after his baptism, Jesus goes out into the wilderness for 40 days. And it's this picture, this prophetic picture of what's to come. And um, because Jesus knew that we would have to deal with this sin issue. And we would have to rediscover our identity. And then just to back up, because then you could say, well, can Jesus do that? Is he capable of doing that? You know, the most amazing thing happened at Jesus' baptism was when Jesus came up out of the water, there is a voice from heaven that is heard audibly. God the Father speaks. He speaks out so that people, witnesses, could hear him. And he says this, After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, my dearly loved son, who brings me great joy. That's quite incredible, isn't it? That kind of sets Jesus apart from the average Joe, the average schmuck who thinks that he can somehow save people from their sins. We've actually got the voice of God affirming who he is. And this is amazing news for Jesus. You know, this confirms who he is. Jesus is his. Jesus is the father's. And Jesus is the son. He's the son of God. And Jesus is dearly loved. And also, Jesus' heavenly dad really likes him. He's really well pleased with him. You see, now that's good news for Jesus, isn't it? But what about us? What about us? You see, in um, Ephesians, book of Ephesians in the New Testament, Paul is speaking and he's saying, you know what? There's actually only one baptism. So this in one sense is Lydia's baptism today, except it's kind of not because Lydia is actually caught up with the reality of Jesus's baptism and actually that even wasn't just what Jesus did in terms of getting in the water that day in the river Jordan we're actually talking about what Jesus did on the cross because what baptism is also a picture of is the fact that Jesus took on the sin of the world and was led out to that wilderness spot called Golgotha the place of the skull and he was crucified on a cross He took our sin upon himself, was crucified and was buried. Crucially, he's buried and he's then raised again to new life. That's what this is a picture of. This is how the sin problem once and for all is dealt with. No more need for slaying goats like some crazy goat-hating community. We haven't got to do that anymore. Jesus has come. And he has set us free, literally set us free to be able to live a life free from the curse of sin and death. This is a powerful, powerful picture. And so the invitation is for us to believe and get baptised. And the reason for all this water, because some places do a little kind of sprinkly job, and I'm not wishing to be disrespectful about that in any way, Except the word baptism comes from a Greek word which means to be plunged into it. It's like you've got to get this truth into you that you are loved, you are significant, you matter. You're a son or a daughter. That's what this is about. It's rich, isn't it? And so us... The the instruction to us, the reason why Jesus said go and make disciples, baptising them in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit in Matthew 28, the reason why he says that is because he wants all of us, the whole world as the scripture says, to step into this reality. And then all the stuff we were singing about in terms of God setting us free from fear and anxiety and depression, it all starts to make sense because once we know who we are, once we have our identity sorted and fixed, then we start living in our identity. We stop asking, do I matter? Because you really matter. Because you know it. You know deep down in your heart you matter. Because Jesus went to the cross. And he was raised. And he brought you with him. Mysteriously, he brought you with him to walk in newness of life. So, if, if you know, sitting here this morning, that, your heart is beating a little bit quickly because actually you've never made a commitment to Jesus. You know you've never actually taken that step of saying, Jesus, I want to get to know you. And in getting to know you, I want to find out who I am. If you know that's you, that you've never ever done that, then sitting here this morning, you can know that. You can respond to this invitation and invite him in. And so I'm just going to pray. And uh, if you know that you want to respond to that, where you're sitting, I just want to encourage you just to raise a hand. Um, no one else is looking, everyone's facing me, so no one else can see. But if you know that that's you and you want to respond, and you know that actually the Holy Spirit is putting his little finger on you right now, and he's saying, Hey, would you respond to this invitation? Then would you raise your hand? I'm going to give you a couple of seconds. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to pray. Jesus, I want to thank you so much that your word to us is that we are loved, that we are significant, that we matter. Jesus, I want to thank you that you have set us free, that you've brought us into relationship with you, all of those doubts and fears get lifted off of us. And I want to pray for each one of us in this room that we would be so reminded of this truth. Thank you, you've got more for us. You've got more for us, that freedom is not just a one-time thing, it's a, it's a world for us to explore, of what it looks like to walk with you, day in, day out. So thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you know that you believe all of this stuff, except you've never been baptised, you've never made that public declaration, you've never accepted that invitation, um, then I want you to come and find me. And, uh, and I would be up for putting you in this pool today if you wanted to. But regardless of whether it's today or whether it's another day, um, please come and speak to us. Because this is a key to breakthrough for some of you, where you've not actually been able to get baptised for whatever reason. It's it's an act of obedience, but it's also a response to an invitation to change your life. So um, if you know that's you, please grab one of us. That would be awesome.